Hello again everyone, welcome again to our series on the Holy Spirit and our mini-series on the fruit of the Spirit and today we're looking at the fruit of peace. I want to share with you first of all the fact that God doesn't just have peace and give peace but God is peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. So it's out of relationship with God and Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, that we receive his peace. In the Old Testament, we find out that this is one of God's names. And it's um, revealed as such in a very insightful story to do with the judge Gideon. And Gideon was fearful of the Midianites as they were attacking uh, his land. And he was hiding uh, behind a wine press threshing out wheat and the angel of the Lord came and appeared to him and <laughs> called him a mighty man of valor which was laughable and uh, Gideon begins a conversation with the angel of the Lord and says if God is with me and with us why have all these things happened and maybe that's the way you feel whenever you're devoid of the peace of God if I'm a Christian if God is for me and with me why is all this going on and yet the angel of the Lord still speaks to him and um, tells him to go in his strength, which is really the strength of the Lord. And Gideon's still questioning how he could save Israel. And he asks God for a sign, and that is that he's going to make an offering, um, and he's hoping the angel of the Lord receives the offering. And he does so in a miraculous way, where there's fire comes out of the rock on which the offering is led. And Gideon gets scared again. Fear's obviously a real problem for this guy because there was the ancient traditional belief that if you saw God you would die and he felt I've seen God now that's the end for me and the Lord spoke peace to Gideon it says verse 23 of Judges 6 then the Lord said to him peace be with you do not fear you shall not die so Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it the Lord is peace or Jehovah is peace or Yahweh is peace to this day, it is still in Ophrah of the Abbey's rites. And uh, this is one of the names, compound names of God, Yahweh Shalom. Some of you will be familiar with that as a Hebrew greeting even today in Israel, Shalom. And Shalom is not just peace in the sense that we have sometimes in our Western culture of um, the absence of war, but it's rather the presence of wholeness, health and healing, that life and vitality that God alone can give. So how do we access that as Christians? Well, hopefully when we're in relationship with Jesus Christ and one spirit with him, his peace will flow to us. It ought to, because he's made peace with God through the gospel and he now gives us his peace through the Holy Spirit. But let's delve a little deeper into this because many of us are not living in peace. And I know I've struggled with this myself down through the years and even presently going through lockdown it's been a very difficult time around this COVID era when this is being recorded many are being wrecked and affected by anxiety and fear and worries um, I haven't got time to go into all that in detail but let me give you the remedy for that and it's like the medicine bottle of God's peace and it's got the instructions written on the bottle how we receive and take God's peace that will bring healing to our minds and hearts. 
And it's found in Philippians chapter 4, beginning to read at verse 6 through to verse 9. Paul says, Be anxious for nothing, worry about nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. So the first step, the first instruction on the metal medicine bottle of peace is worry about nothing. Verse 6, be anxious for nothing. Now when we talk about anxiety, I'm not talking about the physical reaction that is anxiety, where you have short breath, you might take a panic attack, tunnel vision, all that sort of stuff. There is a physiological condition which is anxiety. That can be the result of worrying, but it's different to an extent than than worry. The actual anxiety reaction is not blameworthy, but worrying is. When our concerns um, accelerate to the point of worries, we can then get into an anxious state. And uh, the Bible is quite clear that worry, the choice to dwell on these things, not believe God, is sin. John Wesley, um, of course the founder of Methodism, said, I would do uh, no more worry than I would curse or swear. That's how he considered the seriousness of worry because it's effectively not believing God and doubting uh, what his word says and it robs us of the peace of God as every sin does. F.B. Meyer said that anxiety in the Greek language has the same root as the word for anger so it refers to a physical act of choking. You ever felt like that through worry and uh, cares Um, Worry chokes life, it chokes faith, it chokes our peace. It prevents the word of God and truth uh, taking root in our lives. Jesus said that in Matthew 13 in his parable of the the seed and the sower and the soils. That the care of this world chokes the word and we become unfruitful. And that's why Paul says be anxious for nothing. Now that is incredible. The same expression is used by Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6, 25. Take no thought. Don't think. Do not under any circumstances worry about anything is what this verse is saying here in verse 6 in Philippians 4. Now that is an unconditional, unlimited, emphatic command. You must not worry about anything. Now listen Christian, that means too, don't worry about your spiritual life. I'm not saying we ought not to be conscientious, but many of us are anxious about it and fearful about it, uptight about our Christianity. Jesus said, my yoke is easy. It's easy and my burden is light. We're not to be anxious about our friends. We're not even to be anxious about our answers to prayer and unanswered prayers. We're not even to be anxious about the highest and holiest of things. Scripture consistently forbids worry. And therefore, if that is the case, we have to take it seriously and treat it the way God's word says it is. It's so dangerous and it's so destructive to our lives. So worry about nothing. Second thing, pray about everything. It says, be anxious for nothing, verse 6, but in everything by prayer 
and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God pray about everything cares and worries don't just disappear and we would love to just zap them and they're gone but there's a process of dealing with our concerns and anxieties and that is to turn our cares into prayers now you might say well does God not already know the predicament I'm in why do I need to articulate it but in prayer we're, we're displaying an act of faith the psalmist put it like this in Psalm 55 and verse 22 Cast your burden upon the Lord and he will sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. Cast your burden, your concerns and worries on the Lord. The actual Hebrew word for cast literally means to throw your burden, to lay it, to roll it on to God. There's a similar verse in 1 Peter 5 verse 7. And J.B. Phillips' translation renders it like this. You can throw the whole weight of your anxieties upon him for you are his personal concern. I love that. You're God's personal concern. So put your worries on to him. Because he cares for you. Why can't you sleep was the question that the wife asked her husband as he paced the floor at 3am in the morning. And he said, dear, I borrowed a, a thousand pounds from Sam next door and I have to pay it back tomorrow. I don't have any of the money. And he was wringing his hands and pacing up and down the bedroom. And the man's wife uh, j- jumped out of her bed. She flung on um, her, her dressing gown, opened the window, stuck her head out and shouted, Sam! Sam! And after a few minutes, the groggy neighbour opened his window. What is it? He mumbled. Uh, you know that a thousand pounds my husband owes you? He doesn't have it, the woman yelled. And uh, turning to her husband, she said, Now you go to bed and sleep. Let him pace the floor worrying about it. (laughs) And so she was casting her care upon the neighbour and letting him worry about it. And that's not what we should do as Christians. But it does illustrate a little bit to us how we are not meant to take the burden about the things that we cannot change. A man on another occasion was worrying all the time about everything and he was a a chronic worrier and one day his friend saw him whistling and thought, can that be our friend? No, it can't be. Yes, it is. And he was astounded at the change in him. He asked, what happened to you? He said, I'm paying a man to worry for me. You mean you aren't worrying anymore? No, whenever I'm inclined to worry, I just let him do it for me. How much do you pay him? I pay him £2,000 a week. How can you afford that? He says, I can't, but that's his worry. (laughs) I know these aren't literal stories that we can apply to God, but it does give us a sense of how we haven't got what it takes to carry the burdens of life. And the wonderful thing is, God doesn't need payment. We can trust him and he invites us to cast our care on him. So worry about nothing, pray about everything. And thirdly, be thankful for anything. And this is a hard one to be thankful for anything. But our prayers ought to be full of praise. We we need to be praiseful as well as prayerful because it says here um, to make our prayers and supplications with thanksgiving. And this is often overlooked. Isaiah chapter 61 verse 3 talks about God giving us in Messiah the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I've talked about this before. By putting on praise, we put off the heaviness. And there's a wonderful illustration of this in the character of Daniel, where he received peace through not just prayer, but praise. And when the king announced that none of his subjects was to pray 
uh, to anyone except him as the king. Daniel went to his room as he was accustomed to do. You know the story. He opened his window and he prayed as before. Daniel 6, you read that. And it says this, and we often miss this. He prayed and gave thanks before his God, verse 10. It wasn't just prayer. It was prayer with thanksgiving. Now, what was the result? The peace of God in Daniel's life in the midst of such dire difficulties. Remember, he was able to spend a full night with the lions in perfect peace while the king in his palace could not sleep. Why? Because God imparted his peace. Faith does not flourish in an atmosphere of pessimism and gloom. Someone said, if a life full of care is filled with prayer, and if that prayer is filled with praise, it will result in peace. Is your life filled with prayer, taking your cares, making them into prayers, and filling those prayers with praise, you will receive the peace of God. Do you practice thankfulness? It's a good thing to do. Even write down in the morning three things that you're thankful for, or maybe in an evening after the day, three things that you're thankful for that you've received during that day. It might be as simple as a cup of coffee or a walk with a friend. It doesn't have to be huge, but just to practice thankfulness. A man on one occasion had his wallet stolen, and he was thankful, he said, for four reasons. One, he wasn't hurt. Two, it had never happened to him before. Three, he hadn't got much money in the wallet. And four, he wasn't the thief. And there he was able to bring out of a desperate situation something to be thankful for. So worry about nothing, pray about everything, be thankful for anything. And fourthly, think about good things. We see this in verse 8 of uh, Philippians 4. Finally, brethren, and let me read it to you in uh, the NIV. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. What do you think about? Very often we fill our mind with negative things. But Paul here is saying, think about good things. In verse 8 and 9, we're encouraged to think about positive things, to dwell on them, meditate on them. The The, the word in the Greek is logizomai, which, which means to dwell on, to feed, to chew the cud, to digest this. And you know, the battle is the battle for the mind. I hope you've realised that by now. The battlefield is the mind. And that's where the enemy wants to take ground in our lives. Because our thoughts affect our feelings and then our feelings affect our behaviour. And so if we have negative thoughts, we will have negative feelings and negative habits. And sadly, if you find this yourself, the more we attempt to weed out those thoughts, the more those thoughts seem to come. So don't wrestle with those thoughts. That's not what the Bible tells us. We're only asking for trouble and we aggravate those thoughts when we do that. Rather, we're to cultivate good thoughts. That's the renewal of the mind that the Bible talks about. Actually replacing the bad thoughts with true ones. And that will lead to good actions, good feelings and good actions. And there are eight things mentioned here in verse 8 that we are to pour into our mind. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honourable, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent things, things worthy of praise. If we were to just cut down the middle of your mind right now, if that was possible and dissect your thoughts... Are your thoughts like this? 
positive thoughts don't come naturally. I think you've probably discovered that. You must determine to do it. So let me ask you, what is it you're pouring into your mind? Through media, social media, music, criticism, listening to negative things, ungraciousness, so on. Consider what you're feeding your mind. And is it any wonder we reap a harvest of depression when we are so negative in how we feed our minds? Fear, someone has said, is the dark room where many negatives are developed. I like that. So think about good things. And then the final uh, instruction on the medicine bottle is in verse 9. Do the right things. So worry about nothing. Pray about everything. Be thankful for anything. Think about good things and do the right things. Paul says, verse 9, The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. To do right, you need to think right. But your thinking must move into your emotions and your actions. It's like the horse and the cart. And almost everything in life depends on our thoughts. But our thoughts must lead to action. And sometimes we even have to act when our thoughts and our feelings aren't in the right place. Psalm 50 verse 23 says, Whoever offers praise glorifies me, and to him who orders his conduct aright, I will show the salvation or deliverance of God. If you, in other words, change your thoughts, that's repentance, but change your ways into obedience of Jesus because of his love, his grace and goodness, you will see a transformation in your life. And sometimes we just need to do some good things and stop doing the bad stuff. And God will give you the power to do that and honour you in that choice. Wonderful outcome of this all is the medicine in the bottle. Verse 7. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace of God is beyond comprehension. It's not a natural peace. It's supernatural. It comes through our relationship with the Prince of Peace, Jesus. It comes from abiding in his presence. And not feeding off the lies and negativity of the enemy. And the word for guard, it will guard your heart and mind. The word for guard in the Greek literally means garrison. It's a mounted guard. It's like um, a soldier standing sentry over your mind and your heart. The peace of God, if you do these things, will patrol your mind and your heart. Shutting out unhappy, unholy thoughts that create an atmosphere and an environment. Uh, of fear, anxiety and worry. It will create a, a space of safety. Wow. A place of calm, rest and comfort where blessing will spring forth. In this life we can't avoid stressful situations. And we wouldn't grow actually if we didn't have stress in our lives. However, you can't avoid the condition of being stressed out and I have been there and I don't want to be there the Hebrew word shalom is what God gives and what he is and we can know his peace as we draw near why settle for anything less let's draw near to his peace and receive not just the absence of distress but the presence of wholeness soundness harmony and rest that's what he has promised That's the fruit of the Spirit. That's how Jesus is and how God the Father is.
So as we pray, why not bring to God your, your unrest, your worry, your difficulties. My peace I give to you, Jesus said. He said, come to me, you who are burdened and heavy laden, anxious, and I will give you rest. Cast your burden upon the Lord. Cast all your care upon me, for I care for you, the Lord says. So why not do that just now? And you might need to repent of engaging in worry and agreeing with the enemy and cooperating with him. You might need to forgive people who have given you cause to worry, taught you to worry. But you need to choose to renounce that and believe God. Renounce the lies that you've believed and believe the truth and let the truth set you free and do these things for yourself. Lord, I just pray for everyone listening to the word of God and to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And I pray that right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, that people will be set free from anxiety, physical, mental, emotional anxiety, from worry, from the sin of worry, and from fear, and from, Lord, over-concern or carefulness in life. I pray that I would know complete freedom from that and everybody listening here today would be able to come into line with your word and what you've said you are and you have and you give your peace, your pinch yourself peace. That's what I like to call it. We nearly have to pinch ourselves to realise we're in peace and we shouldn't be because all this chaos is going on around us. Lord, give us a non-anxious presence in this world that is so filled with fear and anxiety, we pray. In the name of the Prince of Peace, we ask it. Amen. God bless you. See you again next time.